0: Narelle and Jen are two passionate educators who bought the fun and expertise of their own separate businesses that have been running many, many years before bushkinders and forest schools became a thing in Australia, to create Birdwings Forest School, located in the magical wilds of the Gold Coast hinterland. In this episode, they share their story and their keen observations of the benefits of adventurous play in the outdoors. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education stepping into the
1: wilderness however that looks with your family.
2: Each week we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less traveled.
0: We're your hosts Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Kabi Kabi and the Gubby Gubby people. We honour their song lines and storylines and pay our respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which you are listening to this episode. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Raising Wildlings podcast. I'm your host today, Vicki Oliver. Now, before I get started with Narelle and Jen today, I wanted to let you know that our next round of our online course, Wild Business, will be opening up at the end of October. Now, Wild Business is a course that we've set up for early childhood change makers, ready to take the leap and create a nature play business that is deeply rooted in community and purpose. By using our proven roadmap to success, we will save you time, money, and stress by helping you navigate the muddy waters of regulation, ratios, insurance and permits among many other things. At the end of the course you will have everything you need to hit the ground running with your own flourishing nature play business and you can find out more or join our waitlist at wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild dash business. And also just quickly, we have just found out that we are finalists in the 2021 Outdoors Queensland Awards under the Nature Play Queensland Nature Play Education category alongside our special guest today, Birdwings Forest School. Uh, We also see a number of other amazing, amazing businesses who have also been nominated and are finalists within the Outdoor Queensland Awards. We are so immensely proud of all of the work that everyone does. We are also very proud of the work that we have done and feel very honoured to be nominated and to to be a finalist in this category. We will keep you updated on how that works out. Either way, we are just very, very excited to be part of this industry and um, yeah, wish all of the other finalists the best of luck. But today on the podcast, we've invited two incredible ladies who run Birdwings Forest School on Combumera Country in the Gold Coast hinterland. Children and families go to Birdwings to have playful adventures in wild nature and to rekindle an intuitive connection to nature. We have been inspired and re-inspired and re-inspired again by Narelle and Jen, who are the magical storytellers of Birdwings, and we hope you enjoy hearing all about their important work. lovely to have you here after all this time.
2: Yes, nice to be here.
0: I think we might start today by finding out a little bit more about bird wings and I'd love you to tell us what services you provide but then also how did bird wings come into being?
2: Yes, our story is a good one. I love hearing (laughs) good stories. (laughs) Um, Well, I myself was running a family daycare on a farm going out into the farm and down to the creek and having lots of fun and sometimes I would meet up with Jen and it was just so much fun for our children to be playing together and she had some ideas because she ran her river kinder and that was pretty different to the farm kinder. And so the children got to experience a bit of both and I would go and visit her as well. And we loved that so much that we couldn't wait for a day to come when we could work together.
0: Perfect. You made it (laughs) happen. Yes, so you made it happen. And that's what I love about collaboration and, you know, working together because you do end up finding this amazing community that you can work together with. And I love the fact that you guys found each other do you find that
1: having each other helps enormously in running a business?
2: Oh yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We were just saying on Saturday how different our business is now than when we started together and mm. it's grown so much just between the two of us. So we've got people working with us this year. So
2: we've had to work out how to translate all of that and share it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a big job,
1: isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And
2: as as we go along our business, even from the start of this year, mm. is so different right now at this point in time, and so it just keeps evolving and changing, mm. and evolving and growing and expanding and developing, and
0: and that it. makes it all the more exciting, right? And it keeps yeah. you motivated and inspired and providing the services that your community is obviously asking for.
2: Yes, that's right.
0: So, what kind of programs do you guys run? Lots of different ones. Mm.
2: Yeah. So one of the things we do is Wild Play Adventurers, which is a play group that uh, travels around the wild spaces of the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. Really fun. And that runs several days a week. And a lot of Gold Coast families are really benefiting from understanding their environment and uh, visiting places that they never would have thought of. Yeah,
1: getting to yes. their local area. There's loads of wild spaces here that people don't know about. Yeah, I found, I found that as well and that was actually
0: one of the things that I loved the most and still love. Uh, even uh, I did a beach school session this week, last week, and a lot of the families had never been to that location before and I just think, oh, wow, I've just opened the eyes of someone who lives in this region to some of the most beautiful places. And you could honestly, like some of them are so almost secret, like people don't know they're there, so you feel like you're a million miles away.
2: Yeah, that's right. And we even go to places that people know and look at and think, well, that looks pretty boring because mm. it just looks like a big patch of grass, but we always go beyond the patch of grass yeah. into the wild space and they say things like, we had no idea this was here, secret yeah. things and <laughs> secret giant." fig trees to climb that's oh, that's the places where children love the most and adults that gives me goosebumps like I absolutely
0: love watching people and even my own children just fully being present in a space and and being awed by what's right in front of us
2: yeah playgroups are one thing we run uh programs on the school holidays for children mm-hmm school holiday programs. We run professional development. We've got an upcoming uh, ecological storytelling workshop we're doing in October. Uh, What else do we do, Jen?
1: A
0: kindy. A kindy. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if you were going to mention that. That seems to be
1: (laughs) one of your big ones. It is. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's a major
1: business. (laughs) That's where we got started, actually. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I guess... I'll, I'll let each of you answer this, but what was the inspiration to get started in nature play?
2: Well, we'd already been doing it.
1: Yeah, we yeah. We, can't, we can't work inside. We tried that and yeah. it's very boring. And we we were discussing this the other day, weren't we, Narelle, how children behave differently outside. They are happier, they are relaxed, they can move their body however they need to. They've got all the space that they um, need to express themselves or be loud or whatever, you know, they don't get in trouble for knocking things over or running mm. to through a room and, um, they find stuff to do and they have each other. Whereas when you're inside, your options are limited really. Yeah. And they like to play with the toys and they like to play with the resources and, and use all the things that are inside, but it's still quite limited. And yeah. when both Morelle and I were doing family daycare, we were just Bring all that outside. So those options are still there uh, to use if you want to. Yeah. But most of the time, we just played, and then after a while, we didn't even really. Don't need (laughs) that. No, that's right.
0: It's really interesting hearing you say that because I very rarely hear early childhood educators speak so passionately and just like there's just an ease when you say kids have what they need when they're outside. It, it's there's just an, such an ease in saying that when educators talk about working in childcare, when you're inside, there's there's almost a little bit of convincing that they they yeah. talk about and what they do. Whereas when educators talk about taking children into nature, it's there's just this this sound in your voice like. You can't even describe it unless you've seen children outside, right? Well, like the it,
2: difference. It comes. That's because it's so intuitive for us, and yeah. we we were doing what we were doing before it was a thing, really. Yeah. Only after we had been doing it for many years did people say to us, "Oh, that you're doing nature play."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For both of us, Are we, we
1: play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah,
2: were doing play with children. On the weekend, I was interviewed by my teenage daughter for a life story, an essay she needed to write. And she asked me my inspiration for doing what I was doing. And I said, you know, to be honest, when we moved to the country and had a big tree change, I just wanted to do some sort of work that involved all of my passions. Mm. So, gardening, being outdoors, art, craft cooking playing with animals and the children came along <laughs> it was yeah. almost as if well I've got everything I need yep. <laughs> yeah pretty much how I ran my I'm having well. a great time <laughs> I'm loving the art today I'm <laughs> loving the cooking of the bread and how about we do some gardening because I can see my little tomatoes are popping up <laughs> we better attend to them oh, for it's- us, it was just so natural yeah. and it wasn't a thing let's just remember it wasn't a thing that we needed to learn or we needed to work out how do you do that. Yeah. We, we just did it. And yeah. so Jen. That's how she ran hers as well.
0: Yeah. I remember um, when I first met you, Jen, I remember it so clearly. It was at the Teacher Tom um, talk he did a few years back and someone said, you've got to talk to, to Gary Jen. And I said, okay. And I just remember being so inspired and awed by what you were saying to me about and it just gave me the confidence to go and do it like when I when you see people that have been doing it so effortlessly and with so much passion there's a flow-on effect I thought you'd already started oh we had very very slightly so I, I I was in between two businesses so I was going to do um my marine biology stuff at the same time as Nikki and I were talking about what we were doing but we hadn't I don't think we were had really decided to to formalize the forest schooling philosophy for us it wasn't until we sort of did the forest school course that a few little things fell into place mm. and a little ha- aha moments but we were definitely on that trajectory we really knew that being outside was a huge part of what we wanted to do and i just remember thinking gosh there are people out there doing such amazing work and it was it was just one of those moments for me that, like, I'll never forget. I'll, like, I know it sounds silly, but I will never forget the conversation and just how encouraged I feel, felt after talking to you. Wow. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just wanted you to know that. Um, <laughs> but while we were talking, you, you talked about um, your playgroup had the word adventure in it. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on why it's really important for adventure to be a part of
1: children's lives. I think that's why we went outside in the first place. What adventures can you have indoors? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we 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 can set things up for children. We can make things interesting. We can have provocations and explore ideas and research and all of that. But you're not going anywhere, or, or talking mm. to people, or experiencing things for yourself. Yeah. So that's why we couldn't stay home even in even in the you know I've been running the nature playgroups for probably 15 years all up and even those ones uh we went around to different places and met different people and uh experienced life together
2: yeah and remember mm. Tim, you and I were talking the other day about what sets us apart Um, we do love the forest school uh, philosophy and and do do many of those things. But for us, the reason why we are different is uh, because of how we've evolved over the years. I remember back to a time when even in my beautiful garden that has so much and we're on nine acres here and we've got creeks and dams and all sorts of bush and forest and everything to play in, there came a time when at a certain period of the day, we all felt like leaving the space and having more of an adventure. Mm. So the adventure part of the day has always been big for both of us. Yeah, You would leave your garden mm. and go down to the river mm-hmm. and that was your adventure. Me, I would leave my garden and go down to the dam and um, traipse through the bush and then f- Eventually end up down at the creek, and yeah. so always adventure was part of the normal part rhythm of our days. And
1: even before we were working with children, when we, you know, as mothers of young children. Both of us mm. would take our children out every day to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't want to be. I'm a homebody. I'm totally a homebody. I, my favourite thing to do is to sit on the floor surrounded by paper and paint and art and that sort of thing. But when it comes to family time, we, we would leave the house every day, go, that's, that's how come we discovered so many new places for play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we like to go and explore.
2: Yeah. Mm. And when I had my little children, I didn't live here on the Gold Coast. I lived in inner city, Sydney. Oh, wow. But still I found wild spaces. Yeah. We would go to Centennial Park and they now run um, nature play programs and bush kindies in Centennial Park. That's where I used to play, probably where they're playing now, mm. in the wild bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I know that for me, one of the main ways that I like to connect with my children is through adventure and being outside. So I'm not much of a, I don't like to play inside. That's not, not the best way for me to connect with my children, besides the fact that they don't need me to. But that for me, it is about being outside and exploring new places and, and allowing them just to have free range.
1: More than that though we've found that the adventure helps children discover things about themselves because mm. you go into places where they haven't been before so there's that whole aspect of it's this is new mm-hmm. this is new and I don't know what to expect
2: mm-hmm. and yes.
1: I think that's really important for children to have experiences of that with people who can guide them through that so that's all role is in the kindy and in our adventure club and our bush club is to take them into unknown
2: places. So that they're pushing through their zone of yeah. proximal development. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's really
2: key. relative and different for every child as well. So yeah. even, even the general arriving place to go down and play in where we start our day, that's a huge step for ch- some children mm-hmm. and they've already pushed through that ZPD just Leaving mum and going into the play space alone, let alone the adventure part. So it's long-term playing in nature as well that you see differences.
0: Well, that's right, and it's got that dynamic nature to it, where you know you can be in the same space, but it can constantly change. So you don't know what you're going to find, what you're going to run into, what's changed, what obstacles you're going to come across. Um, that's what I even love about, like I know it's not entirely the same but um I, rock pooling is my happy place and I, I oh, love that yeah. because it's different, you know, like you never know what you're going to see and no matter how many times you go down there, there's always something new to find oh, and I, yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah, us too. And going on the adventures also gives us experiences that we can later retell. That's yeah. why our ecological storytelling, sometimes that happens many times throughout the day as well as then after the adventure, what about when this happened and this happened mm. and how about that and did you see that? <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. So actually that was funny you took the words out of my mouth. Mm. One of your strengths I would absolutely say is, the, is your, your storytelling and the importance of storytelling in your program. So can you tell us a little bit more about the role that storytelling takes at
1: Birdwings? Yes, it's it's complex actually. Mm. Um, it's, it's we we have our formal storytelling time, I guess. We finish every day with a story, and that's that's actually a ceremony. Really, we we have a song that calls everyone in to the space, and then we have a song that begins the story, and all of that sets the mood and sets the expectation that we're all going to share. The experience of story together, and they just Mm. sit down. Yes, (laughs) yeah. In actual
2: fact, they run. (laughs) Yeah, to the place where stories happen,
1: and so we. And the story's only short, like no more than ten minutes, and maybe less than that. And then we have a song to finish it, and that's done. But that's like a ritual part of our day but that's not where the stories end like Noel was saying before we have stories of our experiences and stories that are attached to different places that we play in and even the the okay this is why it gets complex <laughs> the <stories laughs> at the end of the day they're all mostly nature stories mm, seasonal but children pick up on ideas of that and then when we go to a place they will retell that story at a place and they will play that story at this place. And every time we go back there, that story will develop even more. So we see our job is to listen and watch their play and then retell that to them in a story <laughs> yeah. or get them to share it in a story, and they're very good storytellers. And in our Bush Club, which is our Friday program for older children, they we've got a thing called Story Keepers, mm. which has just come about because some of the children have been with us for three years now. So there's a lot of stories to tell Mm -hmm. of the time when, so-and-so ran past this rock and there was a snake there and did you see it no so they have that ability to tell that story and what they learned from it Yeah. <laughs> you know or um the time when we were swinging on the vines and what's your technique and what have you got to offer and advice for other people you want to tell that story and so someone becomes the story, story keeper, keeper. Yes.
2: and we remind children who is the story keeper as well at certain points on a track that we may walk we say or they stop us and say can i tell the story about when we saw the snake on the track here and that becomes mm-hmm. an instructional story really because it it's told at that point for mindfulness, for telling everyone else. So when you walk, be careful, look around, make sure you're noticing things because one day, a while ago, so-and-so child Mm. nearly still this Mm. snake.
1: And as a story keeper, they're telling that story in their voice, so it's a children's voice, it's children's wisdom shared with children. I can see why it's so
0: complex because in my mind I'm like, oh, you cannot... You cannot replicate that experience inside. The only place you can do that is outside.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's also very place based. Yeah. Yeah. So the stories relate to certain places and they come out at those places.
0: Yeah. I just, it's just phenomenal. And, There's a real social element to that. There's social learning in that, Mm. I imagine, too, because I often see children trying to take each other's stories and talk over the top of one another. So Mm -hmm. there would be an element of children learning how to, like you're saying, you've got the story keeper. For children not to talk over the story keeper and for the story keeper to have the story and not other children to claim it as their own.
2: Yeah, sometimes they share it. And they mm. definitely yeah. walk over the top of
0: each other. <laughs> yeah, but I think that there's a there's a um, there's a, a way for children to slowly mm. learn more about that mm. in that process.
1: And the the other aspect to that is we do sit spots for the older children, so mm. that's when we spend what's getting longer and longer now, isn't it? You mm. know, ten minutes in nature, mm. just noticing, and then we come together afterwards to share what we've noticed. So that is a time when the children must sit and listen to each other. They can't interrupt because it's someone else's turn to share what they noticed. And everything that they notice is a little story. It's a little story of what the water striders are doing or what even what the bubbles are doing. That's one of my favourite stories, actually, is ch- children notice bubbles doing stuff and then yeah. they tell it to you in a story and it's so wonderful. And yeah. it's
2: really lovely to hear their perspective. One of the most fond memories for Jen and I is of a child who used to see nature furniture everywhere. <laughs> her perspective, like she was in absolute awe of nature providing perfect chairs yeah. for her to sit on. <laughs> she just couldn't understand why it was so perfectly designed and her perspective just makes us just. And then she reclined
1: on her rock couch. <laughs> oh,
2: just beautiful, isn't it?
1: That's well, I, I,
0: I just love that. I love you know how you you can constantly be surprised by what children think, and it it gives adults a run for their money and their
1: creativity and the way they see the world.
2: Yeah, we've
1: yeah. got a beautiful play happening at the moment uh, that is shared between children who don't even spend time with each other in our kindy now. so yeah. it's play that started at a particular place that they named the Dragon's Lair. And it was just a part of the bush that looked, I think, a little bit um, swampy and there were some thorns there and some twisted old branches. And now there's a theory that the dragons have been put to sleep by a spell, so that's why they're all frozen Mm -hmm. as tree trunks and rocks. Mm -hmm. But they found dragon eggs. But then one child came on a different kindy day and shared that story. And so now the children on that other day have taken up that story just from her, um, she's four, and now they play this game too. And so the dragons game has, has moved across all four days of our kindy now with children who don't even spend time with each other and they are connecting to the landscape and it's moving from that spot now. They're seeing dragons in other places And so now what we need to do now is map where they're seeing dragons and that's (laughs) all all part of that storytelling. And that's why we call it ecological storytelling because it's about your relationships with the environment and all those elements in the environment too. I can just imagine how many stories are like that with people
0: who work with children outside because I know we've got lots of examples of beautiful stories and imaginative play coming out all of the time and, yeah, it always, like it, it's those, mo- those moments where it brings you back into your body and into that present moment where you're like, wow.
2: And we love it because, because we do run multi-age programs. You get to see this rich, rich play from the four and five-year-olds mm. and then the 18-month-olds and the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds, they're watching and learning and listening and playing and when when they go off to play um you know you see elements of the rich uh four-year-olds play in the two and three-year-olds and it's like they're practicing it's amazing absolutely phenomenal isn't it
0: that Yeah, I everything you're saying I'm just resonating with so much and I know that anyone that has worked with children outside will feel the exact same way and sometimes it's just hearing other people put it into words that you're like, wow, it's just such a rich place to be and to spend our lives. So I think we're so, so very lucky yeah, to, sure. and I'm sorry, it's not even luck, I'm just very grateful that this mm. is the space that we get to work in. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to ask you, in terms of business, though, what was the hardest part starting the business together and then what kind of things do you wish you'd had help with when you started?
2: Oh, probably finance. finance. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit yeah. boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's right. Like it's important for people to know that this is the sort of stuff that we have to do in order to get all the beautiful yeah, benefits that we have.
2: We, we set things up in a certain way and then just got on with it. We just Um, want to play. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're having to undo (laughs) our bad accounting and bad financial management and stuff. Because we were too busy having a good time and growing Mm. and adapting and developing. And can't someone else just do that for us?
0: Yeah, right. Because you have to play the role of, you know, bookkeeper and customer service, and then you're doing the programs on the ground, and then you've got to be a web developer, and you've got to, you know, all of a sudden all of the roles you're doing the role of everything and uh it can something has to give sometimes so if you want in your in your case your programs are probably spot on beautiful you're present in the moment and then something else has to go
2: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: too bad it's like one of the most
1: important things but that's the
0: thing right (laughs) that's what happens you do it it is like you know and that's why it's you know so great to have a partner too because you can share that responsibility
2: yeah for sure for sure. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just wanted to go back to ecological storytelling for a tiny bit, if that's okay. Just um, mentioning documenting and Mm. how from documenting, you know, some people may believe, I know you've got a wide audience here, but some people may find it, tedious to have to document or have to do things but it can be the most amazing creative experience if you do it with children and Mm. the stories can come from the documenting and that if the children are allowed to participate in the documenting then it's much much richer and much more fun yeah and so we love our documenting as well because we don't do it in a certain way, we do it in the bird wings way.
0: <laughs> and that's, I think, such an important thing for people to realize is that if what you're using or what you're doing isn't working, then you need to shift it in a way that does serve. A, and the purpose, right, is for the children's learning. So, yeah. as you say, if you involve them in that, then the experience becomes exactly what you set out to do. And it's such a rich way of uh documenting what children are doing which I think is so um, so so beautiful that you guys do that what um in what ways do you document is it like
2: floor books or you could call it that yeah <laughs> our version of it yeah Journal.
0: yeah. I, I, I mean we don't do yeah. that in our programs but um yeah.
2: we do and we do nature journals as well Yeah, and uh particularly with the older children the bush club children and then we have a new program called Adventure Club and they Nature yep. Journal as well. That's yep. like our preschool program but so much more. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The Nature yeah, Journal records their observations throughout the day um, after they have checked out the reference books that we've got and so they they record a story about their adventure and about something that they've noticed in nature but in terms of recording the children's play, that's something that we do collaboratively. We've got a, a massive art journal, and there's no form to it, and it doesn't even matter what page you open it on. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't start at one point and end at one point, um, which may get confusing as you read through it. But really, that doesn't bother us at no. all because. Children aren't like that anyway. <laughs> so, no,
0: and yeah. I think that parents who uh, whose children attend these sorts of programs would see so much value in that, and ultimately the documentation should be informing the parents as well. Um, I'm guessing if they wanted to see it in that way, like they would see how beautiful that process is and value that more than if it was done in a different way.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of children's drawings in there. There's a lot of just little notes. From staff. Then there's also some formal planning in there, like we've got a couple of flowcharts of how play is developed. Uh, Those may or may not be finished because, you know, sometimes play just stops and we move on to something new. Or it might be something that they're going to come back to in three months' time. So you leave that page and you make more notes on it later. That's why it's linear because everything sort of cycles back. But we must be responsive to the children in the moment. That there is, I love
0: that. Oh, I, we, I'd love to learn more about that. Actually, um, I think that that is, I, I guess, a, a big stress for a lot of people who work in centres. Um, yeah, I know, and a, and a huge oh,
1: demand on. Whereas that. for us, it's like, yay, it's time to write. Yeah. a book.
2: <laughs> we we love to yeah. talk about it as well. We did some PD recently for some educators, and that it was on storytelling. But they've all asked us to come back. We took our books with us, and they looked through them. And we didn't know that they were so awe-inspiring, really. We didn't know yeah. that it was so different. But they're looking through them with, they were just absolutely amazed. But we didn't know they were amazing. We're I think just, it's
1: because there's no templates.
2: Yeah, right. The, the, that's just how we do things.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think well, there's, so, there's so much to do to that. Um, but I think because it's something they have to do, I think that's the first barrier is, and it's the same with risk assessments. Like I'll often say, like we look, it's one of those tasks that a lot of people don't really enjoy. And there's often a block in doing them. But once you're doing them and you realize how much benefit you get from sitting down and thinking about it and making sure that you're keeping everyone safe. Um, it's the same with documentation. You can see what, you know,
1: it clearly in front of you, what's happening, then it makes it just a rich experience and it depends on your mindset too as to yes. are you doing this because you have to are you doing this to prevent something are you doing this so you know like even with the risk assessments wh- why are you doing it you know yeah. you're doing it because you want to have some fun and you think this is really beneficial so yeah. let's look at how we can do this and i yeah. really like writing risk assessments because it is about considering all aspects and all all points of view of that whole experience, including the really rich, meaningful ones.
2: That's right.
0: And then that way you can go out and do it without hesitation and without
2: second guessing yourself. Yes. They should be it should be a creative process. Everything should be though. (laughs)
0: Yeah. If I and then this is why I love about what we're doing, because I feel like we're imparting all of this knowledge onto children who will then hopefully grow up to have a different way of looking at the work that needs to be done because yes. it's it's necessary and important and creative and, and can be joyful.
2: Yes, that's for sure.
0: Mm. All right, so I've got two last little questions for you. What do you think are the benefits of being to your community and starting your, or not starting, and having your business on
2: the Gold Coast? Well, I think it's massive. There's a certain um, section of society that's heard of, the concept of a bush kindy or a forest school, mm. but they're not quite sure what it's all about. They just know for sure that it's good for children. So, helping them get more awareness about what it is and dipping their toes in it a little bit by coming to a, a supported play group is, is the first step, really. If they're mm. really unsure and they have no idea how you do this nature play stuff. Then, then that's the first thing we can offer people and that's really helpful because you do get people that are scared of nature and yeah. they come in their white clothes and their heels and <laughs> drop off their children to, um, to our forest school and say, there you go, off you go, kids, have a great time. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to do it but they're happy for their children to do it. So yeah. I think that
1: is one of the, the biggest benefits is working with families because all of the wonderful things and, and, and all of the amazing growth that happens for children, that's that's a, a partnership between the child and between us and between their families. And it's actually a commitment from the families when they come to Bird Wings that nature play is not just something that they do with us. Yeah. That we we expect them to have family times and having adventures together. Mm. Because it's otherwise, it is like dropping their children on the moon. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: right. That's what I love too. And when you say about the multi-age grouping, is that um, parents of smaller children, like first children who are only, you know, 18 months old, can see what happens when you have older children outside and experience this regularly and watching how educators or other parents act and react when their children are in certain situations. It's sort of almost like that mini training to, yeah. and, and that observation of other people and how they do it so that they can get themselves to that point as well yeah yeah, yeah. Which i think it's really cool <laughs> all right and then lastly what's the best part about owning your nature play business i think you've already answered this but i'd love to hear it again
2: <laughs> because it's our life's work and our passion we get to do mm.
1: what we love yeah yeah,
2: and we really want to create a business that's going to be there forever and make a difference in Australia as a whole. And the more people that do this, the better the children will be. Absolutely. 100% agree with you on that.
0: All right, ladies, I've got some rapid fire questions for you just to, to finish us off today. So, if each of you would like to tell me what your favorite book is of all time or one that you're currently reading that you'd love our readers to know about,
1: I keep talking about Sand Talk by Tyson <laughs> Younger Porter. I am rereading it and currently listening to it on audiobook (laughs) 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 at the same time at different points in the book yeah and I it's I keep going back to it and finding something new to learn or new to apply in my work
0: that's amazing what would you was it called band talk sand Sand talk talk. oh sand talk Mm. oh that sounds really cool all right we'll be adding that one I'm like literally just trying to find so many books to have on hand for myself so I want to try and swap out my screen time for book time
2: it's mm-hmm. it's brilliant.
0: Mm, so good. And what about you, narelle
2: I have about ten books besides. <laughs> <Lockhart.
1: laughs> oh yeah, I just didn't tell you about the other nine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh I was reading uh three books last night before I went to bed. <laughs> one yeah. was on philosophy, one was Plato.
1: <laughs> another, oh wow.
2: Yeah, I know. And another book was a trashy novel. That was fun and really gripping, and then yeah. one was a one was a mystery type of fairy tale type of um, strange book, and I loved that as well. Um, and then sometimes I read educational ones. I really love a book that Jen lent me, and it was very interesting to see my first reaction to this book. Mm. My first reaction was, "What a load of rubbish! It was about nothing." <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> which book is this? <laughs> and
2: then and then she said, "Really?" And then I had a little bit more of a look into it because I wasn't quite finished and I just kept reading it, and you know, it really is one of the most beautiful and I feel a little emotional now. It's one mm. of the most beautiful books I have ever read.
0: Wow.
1: You That's that a really book?
2: interesting flow what's through it? that book. What's it called? Yeah, what's,
1: it? what's it called? Oh, <laughs> my God, we're
2: forgetting the names. I'm, too, <laughs> I'm getting too emotional. Uh, what's it called again? Um, Anne Pellow. Yes. Um, we will think of it. Yes, that's okay. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes when you think about mm. it. Oh my gosh, it's just beautiful. She has
1: it's it's about her relationship with an infant and creating relationships together with nature. It's called oh. goodness
2: of the rain. The goodness of
0: rain. Oh, okay. Oh, you've got me intrigued now. Yeah. I'll be adding that one to my list that as well. Beautiful. Mm, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love I absolutely love book. Like it I will go out the next week and just buy whoever I've interviewed on the podcast. I'm like, right, important. I'm going to go and get those books. So thank you so much for that. All right, where do you go or what do you do after like a tough day or a long day? Like where's your happy place?
2: Mine is out with the animals. Mm. Um, Because I've got a farm, I have lots of animals. Yeah, that's (laughs) so cool. (laughs) Probably just to go and pat the horses, Mm. see the baby chickies, pick up the cat. Stroke the dog, sit and watch the clouds, anything really that just walks you back again, grounds you. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: And you, Jen? Uh, sitting behind my spinning wheel. Oh,
0: I love that. I love seeing all of your um, crafty creations on, on Facebook. Like I always yeah. feel very inspired. I would do
1: more of them, but Oh
0: well there's there's definitely enough for me. Like I always notice them and I think, gosh. And I'm um, crafting is now becoming my one of my new pastimes. I've just learned to knit. And a friend of mine bought me a little cross stitch set and I just it's just something that you can do and just be in your own little world. Exactly. Um, and now I listen to audiobooks, me and the girls were listening to Harry Potter just recently and it was just yeah, beautiful place to mm-hmm. be. Okay, um, a big question. If you could just choose one thing that you would change about the edu- education system, what would that be? Oh, Vicky. I know. That's <laughs> okay. I like to throw the hard questions out there uh, or the unanswerable questions.
1: <laughs> for me, um, having recently taught teaching in a primary school again recently, for me it is increasing access to nature getting children to do their lessons their the aspects of their day follow the curriculum outdoors you know whether it's in nature or not I mean it's always in nature but whether you've got beautiful bushland around you or not get out of the classroom the most wonderful experiences we had together as a class when I was in primary school was when we were sitting in the playground together doing our work you know, just being out in yeah. the air and the sunshine, everyone was instantly so much more relaxed and focused. It's just really good to continually plan. Actually, plan today. We're gonna to do maths outside. It's such a simple, simple thing people can like that teachers could do on implement. Yes. But it's it's a difficult one to get your mind around. Mm-hmm
0: well we can you know people can come and sit talk to us if they'd like some help with that surely so where can we find out more about your work oh narelle i didn't what find out need? what your thing was <laughs> sorry well,
2: i'm pretty happy with my girls school they go to a school where they have not done subjects they've done um a different way of learning and they love their school and last week my daughter was kayaking, rock climbing, oh, um, yes. ice skating and doing a certificate two in outdoor recreation. She's Brilliant. in year 10 and she's just having a ball. I said, yeah, but do you do any schoolwork? Oh, yeah. And she, <laughs> says, she said recently, this is from a not particularly academic person, you know, Mum, I really love English literature. Oh. I really, really love English at the moment. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's fantastic. So do I. Mm. the right environment, right? Yeah. But but for me, working in early childhood, what I would like to see, the main thing I would really like to see is a bush kindy program or nature play program at every single early childhood establishment all over Australia. Yes. It has to be. There's no other way that children can learn.
0: I I, I wholeheartedly agree Not that we're biased on anything. (laughs) No, but, you know, when you see such (laughs) obvious benefits, when you see in every aspect of what we do the benefits of what we do, like it just makes sense. There's no other way.
2: You Mm. don't need behaviour management plans if Mm. you have your four and five-year-olds outdoors climbing trees, running around, getting Mm -hmm. everything that they need. They will also come and sit on your mat for you if you need
0: yeah. to. Yeah, 100%. Oh, ladies, so good to talk to you. Where can we find out more about your work?
2: We're on Instagram at Bird Wings Nature. We're on Facebook as Bird Wings Forest School.
1: And we have a website, birdwingsforestschool.com.
0: Yes, and so if you're in the Gold Coast area, if we get emails all the time, do you know of anywhere on the Gold Coast? Birdwings, they're your ladies. They are amazing. Their location, I mean, not that I've been there, but it looks absolutely, <laughs> I, I, know, I really have to get down. Like, honestly, I'm so, yeah. Nikki and I talk about it all the time, but it looks just magic, absolutely yeah. magic. I, there's cool. no other words for
2: it. Mm. It is mm. magical and, yeah, it's like uh, paradise. Paradise.
0: I mean, how lucky are the children of the Gold Coast? <laughs> <Probably> lucky. <laughs> All right, ladies, yeah. thank you so much.
2: Yeah, nice to talk with you, Vicky. Oh, I know you're yeah. very like-minded.
0: So if you're anywhere on the Gold Coast, make sure you check out programs that Birdwings have to offer they have such a long history in creating adventurous programs for children and we are lucky to work alongside them in this industry if running your own nature play business is something that you have been inspired to do then why not put your name down on our waitlist for the wild business course opening in october that i mentioned at the start of the episode you can fast track your dream and let us give you all the shortcuts and break down all the barriers and regulations so that you can spend as much time as narelle and jen do in nature, doing what they do best and what we do best and watching the joy of childhood unfold in your own wild space head to wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild dash business to see if this is going to be the ticket to you living a life of purpose and passion just like we do but as always we love doing this journey with you so until next time stay wild